Hey everybody, it's Glamorous Mary here. So, we're going to be discussing the horrid, nightmare, unexplainable case of Shanann, Bella, Celeste, and Nico Watts, who were murdered by Shanann's husband and her children's father. So when this happened, 2018, August 13th, early morning hours, at first, Chris just went about his day. And he would later admit that he did not expect Shanann's friend, Nicole, to be at the house and be insisting on finding Shanann. He did not count on that. And I wonder why he didn't count on that. He knew Shanann was very connected socially, and he should understand that some people would be suspicious if she suddenly dropped off the map from everyone, her co-workers, her friends. But um, everybody he worked with that day said he was normal. Uh, the only thing out of place was his clothes weren't as neat and tidy looking as, you know, his usual day. He had, for example, one of his pant legs was tucked into the boot and the other one was not. So he's um, a little bit more precise with his clothes being neat and tidy. And that morning it looked like he was slightly, I wouldn't say disheveled looking, but maybe a little more sloppy than normal. But as far as his behavior, nobody noticed anything out of the ordinary. Now that morning, Chris wasted no time in contacting his children's daycare and letting them know that his children would no longer be attending for good. Um, and he also called his realtor to put the house up for sale and I think he may have made a call to the bank about his account, but maybe not. Um, I, I thought there was a couple other things, but for sure he uh, was calling the daycare and about the house right away. He wasn't wasting any time. Another big red flag, you would think he would understand that that would put up red flags. But it did appear that Chris had like a half a brain. It was like kind of a plan, but kind of like just stupid. Like obviously he had it made out so that he goes to the oil site, whatever, to fix the problem that they were having at that particular site. He arranged it so he would go alone. So he told 
his other co-worker that offered to go with him that no, he would do it by himself. And uh, Chris's truck has GPS, so he's not allowed to do anything, not like because of the GPS, but because it's a work truck. So his work has GPS on their work truck. So Chris isn't allowed to make any detours unless confirming it with his work, you know, like it's only supposed to be used for job purposes. So Chris's plan was to just dump his family's bodies at his work site because it's in the middle of nowhere anyways, right? And he's going out there by himself. So he puts his wife, Shanann, in a shallow grave. And it was actually said that her unborn baby was out of her body as well. So she somehow... Her body pushed out the baby at some point. Um, I think she was six months along. I'm not entirely sure, but she definitely wasn't far enough along to have the baby yet. Her other two kids were fairly healthy, you know. They had some allergies and... EpiPens, but other than that, they looked completely normal, healthy, very energetic kids. So, after putting his wife's body in a shallow grave, Chris's story is that he then smothered his youngest daughter, Cece Celeste, in the back of his work truck while his other daughter, his oldest daughter, Bella, watched and was terrified. They were both obviously terrified, and then he left Bella in the truck. This is his version of events, and took Celeste up one of the oil wells, and, um, they couldn't believe that he put his children in there, for one, how disgusting of a person to do that, and two, the holes at the top are very, very small, so he had to really squeeze the bodies through, like, it's so disturbing and gross and graphic, and just, he had to use a ton of force, you know, I believe he said he pushed them head first, and when he was talking to investigators, investigators, investigators later, he said how he heard the splashes, and he could tell one of the tanks had less water because of how long it took for the bodies to hit it and make a splash noise. So, just really weird thoughts from him, and just really gross. Like, who even says something like that? Who even does any, you know? In Bella's tank, I think there was some of her hair stuck to the side because these holes were really just too small. And they couldn't believe that he had put them in there. They asked him a few times 
Like, you know, don't waste your time, Chris. Is this really where you put them? Because they're saying that they don't think you could have fit them through these holes. And he's like, yeah, yeah, they're in there. So the people who did have to retrieve the young girl's bodies are traumatized, obviously. So later on that day, Chris is just at work. And he's receiving a phone call from Shanann's friend, Nicole, and her teenage son. They're at Chris's house, and they are letting him know that Nicole had moved her car right up to the garage where there's little windows at the top. Her son hopped up on her vehicle, looked through the window, saw that Shanann's Lexus was still parked in the garage, so I believe Nicole knew the keypad code to enter the front door, so she tried that, but the little chain lock at the top of the door was done up. So Chris had left from the garage and left it locked. But Nicole did notice that Shanann's flip-flops that she wore every day was just sitting by the front door. She was trying to explain to Chris that something must be wrong and that he should come home. Chris had tried to make her go away at first by saying Shanann had planned to go on a play date that day. Now, from what I heard through the police's body cam while he was talking to Shanann's friend, Nicole, Nicole had told the officer she wasn't aware that they were having problems until Chris told her on the phone that they were having some issues lately and Shanann had went on a play date. Now I know Shanann did tell some of her friends about her issues with Chris but it is possible that maybe she didn't mention it to Nicole or it could be possible that I heard the footage wrong but I'm pretty sure that's what I heard that she had found out some information from Chris that maybe there are some problems in the marriage. After the officer had arrived on the scene because Nicole did call the police even though Chris had told her not to she just knew something was wrong. So the officer walked around the entire house, banging on the windows, looking in the windows. He said he can't force, he can't enter by force unless he sees something out of place. The house looked completely fine through the windows. There were no noises coming from the inside. He was banging on everything. So he couldn't just enter until Chris gave him permission or came home. The police officer also noticed the neighbor on his balcony in the back while he was looking around the house and he asked him if he seen Shanann that day. He said no and he started explaining how Chris's work. Sometimes he goes on different days and he's like yeah but you haven't seen Shanann and the neighbor again said no he hasn't seen her at all that day so now the police officer is getting a little bit frustrated he asks for Chris's phone number himself 
even though Nicole has already phoned him two or three times. So he calls Chris, and Chris is like, yeah, I'll be there in five minutes. Nicole's teenage son was like, you know, we've already called Chris twice. Each time he said he would be here in 45 minutes. And, you know, we waited 45 minutes the first time, called him back, and then he told us another 45 minutes. And it's been longer than that. He's like, I don't think Chris is coming. As soon as he said that, he's seen Chris roll up in his work truck. And he's like, oh, there he is. So right away, Chris goes up to the officer, shakes his hand, and opens the garage. And then he goes to the Lexus immediately and looks under the passenger seat in the front. And it just looks kind of odd, but it was really quick. Closes the Lexus door. They do find Shanann's keys to her car just on the inside of the middle console thing or um, by the top above the steering wheel, somewhere in there. And um, yeah, also the car seats were in her vehicle, so... Nicole's like, you know, why would she go anywhere? The car seats are in there. The girls were only four and three. They were still in their car seats. Now, for some reason, this kind of confuses me, but Chris goes in the door to the house from the garage quick, and nobody goes in with him. They go to the front door, and I don't really know why the officer didn't just follow him right through the door. It just kind of seemed weird to me. Like, I don't know why they went around to the front and why they didn't all follow him in. It seemed to have taken Chris a little extra longer than it should have for him to get to the front door. It really did feel, by watching the police officer's body cam, that it took a couple extra seconds. So people wonder what Chris was doing, maybe some last minute cleanup between you know him going into the house and getting to the front door. Nobody's really sure, but I also picked up like he was taking a little bit of time to get to the door and let everybody in. So once everybody's in the house, they're just looking around frantically Everything's in, in its place except in the master bedroom, Chris's and Shanann's room. The big blanket comforter is kind of thrown on the floor and the top sheet is missing. This is what he used to wrap Shanann's body in and apparently put in his truck where the girl's feet were. Chris claims to investigators later that Shanann did take off her ring herself during their argument and that he, you know, just found it or he knew where it was but he grabbed it and said he found it in front of the invest in front of the police officer that was at his house and yeah, so I'm really not sure about that. Obviously, Chris is a liar. And her cell phone was left there. All the medication the girls and Shanann would need. 
He didn't try to make it look like they left, really, because he left all of Shanann's important belongings. So, like I said, half a brain job. At one point, it's pretty funny because the officer gets on his radio and he's just calling them to let them know, like, not to send medical right now. But Chris looked over as soon as he seen the officer on his radio thinking he was going to be calling to arrest him like he just looked so scared for a second it was hilarious but um what was even more hilarious was when they finally went over to the neighbor's house and was looking at the neighbor's footage of the front door to the watts's home and how nobody left that day except for Chris in the morning. And Chris wasn't even watching the, like, TV screen. He was just, like, hands on his head and looking pretty much at the police officer who was watching the TV. So it's getting all Chris's reaction on his body cam footage, which is awesome. Definitely stood in the right spot for that. And Chris just looks like he's so scared and nervous, and it was hilarious to watch. It was like, what are you really doing, Chris, in that garage to your truck? Like, why are you shitting your pants right now? He's like, I'm just getting my water bottle. I'm just getting my cooler. I'm just getting my boots and blah, blah, blah. This is what I did three times. Some people say that they see him carrying bodies so I don't know um but it's funny too after the footage you know he's like that's it Chris is like okay thanks and like leaves and the police officer's like okay I'm just gonna stay and get your neighbor's information so after Chris leaves the neighbor, I believe his name is Nate, he let the police officer know that Chris was acting funny. He never sways back and forth like that, he said. And he's like, why is he explaining to you over and over again what he's bringing in and out from his house to his truck? And he just said that was so sus, like that's so suspicious. And he was also wondering why Chris backed his truck up so far into the garage because normally... Chris apparently just leaves his truck right by the curb of the house, like the sidewalk area or like in the driveway. He doesn't really pull in. Um, so that also was different about his usual morning. He left about the same time. Chris claimed that him killing his wife, Shanann, happened really quickly, like in the morning. Like, it was just like, yeah, a few minutes before he went to work, like a half hour or whatever. But a lot of people think it happened, you know, maybe a half an hour after Shanann got home at like 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. Chris leaves at like 5.36, I believe, so. Or he did, right? So, um, like, I also want to just throw in here that I watched some videos on YouTube about... Um, Shanann communicating with a spiritual box. Now, I don't know if you guys heard about that, but it seems pretty cool. I was looking at this Gold Rush paranormal thing, 
and Shanann, it sounds like exactly like her voice, and she claimed in that video through the spiritual box thing, if it's real, that Cece was killed first in her bedroom, so, and it also sounded like she came home and, like, seen her like that and tried to go for the phone, but Chris was in the way and then killed her so I'm just throwing that out there as like another scenario because you guys got to try to check out that video it is craziness um so that was like by some guy on YouTube by the name like Gold Rush Paranormal I believe I could be wrong about that name so but it's something like that now, I know this is a little off topic from, like, the whole case, whatever. This is chit-chat crime, guys. I'm allowed to just go off topic and talk about whatever I feel like. So, we're going to discuss another paranormal situation. When the cops are walking around the Watts' home, dude, you guys, there is this one creepy part. Oh, this gives me chills just thinking about. So, I think it's, like, Shanann's closet, right? like her wardrobe <sighs> so the older lady is walking with the dog she's going first the lady police officer is behind her and actually gets it on her body cam the sound of a little girl laughing it is so creepy and the older lady's like oh my gosh like what was that and like even the other officer is like i heard it too and they just kind of like said it must be like a toy or something they stepped on but of course they couldn't find what it was that was super kind of like chill creepy i don't know like if that doesn't scream ghost i don't know what does and then there's like another part like where it sounds like shanann is saying like this is our home and yeah you guys have to try to check out the paranormal like body cam footage from the police uh body cam because it is chilling oh my gosh like if you don't believe in spirits or ghosts this might make you change your mind and still off topic i actually lived in a haunted house so i do believe in like paranormal activity and stuff like i didn't really know if i believed in it either until i lived in a haunted house myself so crazy shit can happen in this world um yeah so if any of that spiritual box is real that would mean that he killed one of the girls first or both and shanann had to walk into that and you know her first reaction was to go for the phone and chris was blocking the phone and she also said she tried to fight him but it also sounded like chris had some help and in another version it kind of sounded like she walked into him and his girlfriend sleeping together now the guy does say that he could accidentally interpret some of the stuff wrong so i'm not sure exactly you know like none of this is a hundred percent it's just i'm just throwing it out there because i have a feeling that chris will never tell the entire story and I actually just posted a video on my YouTube channel, Glamorous Mary, where Chris is choking the, their little puppy, their little dog, like Shanann's dog, Dieter. Um, 
he's just holding him by his neck. And when he's like trying to show him to the people on Shanann's Facebook Live, he's just lifting his head up by his neck. And at the end of the video, Shanann actually says, don't choke him. Like, oh, how chilling is that, you guys? So, and by the looks of Chris and Shanann, this didn't look like it was too long before the murders, like maybe a few months or a couple months. Chris looked like he was like, you know, kind of buff still or whatever, and he wasn't always like in that good a shape. It sounded like he just got like that in the last year or so. Like when Chris and Shanann first got together, he looked like shite. He looked, <laughs> ooh, he looked greasy. I still, like, even at Chris Watts' best, I think he looks, ugh, there's just, ugh, nasty. Ugh. And you look in his eyes like dead, just deadness. And I don't understand how anybody could do that to another human being, let alone his wife and babies, like, so disturbing. Like, Chris Watts is obviously, like, the worst. Like, Shanann might have been a little, quote-unquote, like, controlling or, like, overbearing about some stuff, but, you know, it looked to me like a lot of, a lot in, like, Shanann's Facebook Lives that Chris wanted to be in it more like he wanted to be the star kind of like it just felt like he wanted to be in it like a lot of people say he didn't want to be in it but I think what pissed him off was that Shanann was the star Shanann was just you know she didn't really give him that attention either she would kind of just cut him off in her videos it's pretty funny actually like she didn't really give him the time of day he was just there almost like a prop, and it wasn't like, it didn't feel to me like she would include him, and there's this one video I've seen where Chris and her are playing this, like, big-ass chess game where you have to move the pieces with your feet. They're at some, like, nice outdoor place, and she gets her live on, like, she turns on her camera, <laughs> and I... I don't know, guys. I just felt like this was really off. And, like, she's like, you know, Chris is about to lose. You should just accept defeat, blah, blah, blah. And she's laughing at him. And I just felt like she was putting a lot of pressure on him and, like, kind of making fun of him and just, I don't know. It just seemed really off. Like, why are you turning your camera on, putting it live? And just, it just seemed weird. I don't know. <laughs> you guys have to see it because it just seemed like she was antagonizing him in a, in a sense. And yeah, another thing I wanted to point out is like the next day, I believe it is, after the 13th, so like August 14th, a news crew wants to do an interview with Chris Watts, and he agrees. So he's not showing, like, any emotion through the entire interview. The most emotion he shows is when the lady asks Chris about his shirt. 
She's like, where... This is how she asks. She's like, where was Shanann? She's like, where'd you get your shirt? He's like, ah, uh, I think she... He doesn't even say her name. I think she bought this for me from Amazon because she knows I like this team or whatever. And the lady who was interviewing him was like, wasn't she just there? And he's like, oh, yeah. Um, so she probably bought it while she was in North Carolina. And he's like, usually she buys them off Amazon. These are my favorite shirts. So it was just disgusting how he kills this woman. He still has the audacity to wear the clothes she bought him. And then talk about how she always buys him shirts like this from Amazon usually. But she probably got it from North Carolina this time because she was just down there. So this is like a brand new shirt that he probably took out of her travel bag after he killed her. How disgusting, monstrous creep is that? And he's like smiling. And then the interview guy, he kind of redirects him. He's like, so your daughter's. You must be really worried, huh, idiot? Like, stop smiling and talking about your shirt. Oh my gosh, so that was really weird and fucked up, but obviously we know now, because he's the killer, it's going to be weird and fucked up. So, ugh, just, what a snake, like an actual snake. It's all my shirt that my wife gets me, buys me douchebag he is one of those people that you could just kick in the face no problem like he has like you know you could just picture a soccer ball being his face like no problem just yeah bam every time he smirks at the camera when they're asking him about his missing family a lot of people said when they saw that interview it was like ooh, red flags galore I felt so bad for Shanann's good friend, Nicole, because you can see from the police's, the officer's body cam, that she is just freaking out for her friend. Like, oh my gosh. She just knows something's terribly wrong, and they're all looking at Chris. And Chris is acting like no one's looking at him. Like, he's gonna get away with it. So... They don't even, like, put him under arrest. They're just like, hey, you can come in and talk to us, blah, blah, blah. So Chris is going in there willingly, and he's talking to the investigators, and they're trying to tell him, like, you have GPS on your truck. We're going to know where you went. We're going to search where you went. Like, you need to tell us what happened. He is denying everything, that he had nothing to do with it. And they're like, you're the only one who left that house. He's trying to throw out the idea that maybe they went out the back door. Maybe somebody picked them up from the back. Now, I also heard on a video, I can't remember where now, but that there were actually like some sort of tire tracks. I think it was a truck, but there was some kind of tracks in the back that they didn't really investigate. Like I said, a lot of people theorize that there is somebody else involved in some way or another. 
in one of the spiritual box videos it sounded like it was Chris's dad another one it was like Chris's girlfriend like I said those things are never a hundred percent accurate but if you believe in that kind of thing it's just like more theories being thrown out there I personally don't think the dad knew I just don't I just because Chris had to tell him in the investigator room what happened I don't think he knew but when it comes to his mistress I think maybe there's something there I don't know to what extent but he did mention that she had a dark side like there is some something dark about her and he wasn't gonna really go into detail but um, some people think she was into witchcraft and maybe put him under some kind of spell and maybe it went a little too far maybe she didn't really expect him to kill his family but maybe it just kind of went to that I don't know but we do know that she deleted all her text messages and some of the stuff was not restored and Chris also deleted his text messages so yeah it's like they didn't investigate her too much she kind of did come forward and was acting like she was willing to do whatever to help you know but a lot of people that have been interrogated before will probably tell you that it seemed like they were going easy on her in the interrogation room treating her more like a visitor friend rather than a person who could be of interest or under suspicion or she is affiliated you know with the killer she is the mistress she is probably the biggest motivation for him to kill his family you know other than the fact that they were in complete financial bankruptcy almost and always in debt always living beyond what they were making they completely dropped the ball with Chris's girlfriend Nicole Kessinger she has now changed her name lives probably in a different state uh, you know just assumed a new identity and the courts and everybody backed her up by not releasing any information about her she is living under the radar per se She's a real bitch, though, because, like, a couple messages that I heard of really pissed me off. Like, Nicole had texted her friends saying how she didn't like how she would always be second to Chris's kids, how he would always have to put them before her. But then she said in another message how it's good that he takes care of his kids, I guess. I guess it's a good thing, like, so those messages were kind of off about Chris's kids, a little bit maybe jealous that he had kids already with somebody else. She claimed that she had no idea that Shanann was pregnant, but everybody knows that she was like probably Googling Shanann, right? So, and she was looking up wedding dresses, and it just seemed like she was really 
falling for Chris and he was really falling for her and he didn't care that he already had a family and she didn't care that he already had a family and neither of them are going to tell Shanann which is really rude and selfish because I'm sure if he would have just sent Shanann one picture of him and Nicole making out that would have been enough for Shanann to call a quits like believe me just uh so why go crazy you know why not just get a divorce the spiritual box videos I was watching like Shanann was talking about that like why didn't Chris just get a divorce instead he just goes nuts and kills us like Shanann had her whole life ahead of her she would have obviously she was raising great daughters that would have been successful and then they would have had kids and she would have had grandkids and been a grandma through all of it Shanann had being a survivor of health challenges. She had lupus, which is something that can actually be life-threatening. It um, is something where your cells, like, eat, or something eats your cells. I don't know, it, like, eats your body or something, right? Like, it eats your health, pretty much, from the inside. And she got on Thrive, and it just, like, totally helped her. And it makes me want to go on Thrive <laughs> because it sounds amazing. Like, she literally, like, swore by it. And she did seem really active. And her house was tip-top shape, you guys. And it was huge. Every bloody room, every bloody corner, every bloody inch, just tip-top shape. Shanann had great taste, you know. She definitely was super cute with her style and her little girl style she would dress them up super cute oh my gosh those little girls were so excited that they were gonna have a baby brother it was so cute when Shanann told them she of course had it on video and the little girls were so excited they like started kicking their legs on the couch and when they found out and then they ran and gave their mommy a hug. And then Bella asked if she could kiss the baby or give the baby a hug. And yeah, it was so sweet. And so adorable. Their last Christmas video, though. Ooh, that was not as adorable. <laughs> Shanann had Chris dress up as Santa Claus. And he came to the front door. And the girls were kind of hiding, I think, upstairs, probably in another room. And Shanann's like, where's your cell phone? Where's your cell phone, Santa? And he's like, I left it in the garage. She's like, I wanted that to take pictures, right? Because she's like filming Facebook Live with her phone. So she wants his phone to get some pictures of him and the kids. So she tells Chris to have a seat like as Santa. You know, she's acting like he's Santa Claus. So she's like, have a seat, Santa. And um, she goes to the garage to get his phone. And she is mentioning to the Facebook Live people, she's like talking about how bright her husband is sarcastically. So she grabs the phone and then she goes to get her girls and they're both freaking out. Cece is screaming at the top of her lungs and just terrified. She doesn't want Santa in her house. She doesn't want to see him. So neither does Bella, but Bella's a little bit more calm. So Shanann takes Bella 
and she's like, okay, just me and you, Bella. So she takes Bella to go see Chris, a.k.a. Santa Claus, or Santa Claus, a.k.a. Chris. <laughs> Anyways, so, yeah, so she gets there, and, you know, Bella's just super shy. She doesn't want anything to do with him. And so Shannon takes Bella and sits on Chris's lap with Bella because Bella's too shy, and then I think she maybe puts Bella in his lap for a second to get a picture and then it was real quick and Chris takes out a couple water bottles from his little Santa bag and some slippers for the girls and Bella's upset because it's not the right water bottle so then Shanann goes and grabs Cece and kind of just throws her in Chris's lap and she's screaming she's like no and people in the comments say they heard him but sorry they heard Cece crying for her daddy which is super sad but anyways um when Shanann was putting her down Cece's like no mommy I don't want Santa so she's like screaming and like reaching out for Shanann and Shanann's just like snapping a couple quick pictures and then she grabs Cece up again real quick and yeah, so then at this point, Santa Claus, aka Chris, basically leaves and he's like, I'll see you next year, which is like what Santa Claus says to like, to reference, I'll see you next Christmas. But of course, the family never made it to their next Christmas. So. That was really creepy seeing that video too, right? Like their last Christmas together, Chris is dressing up as Santa Claus. And then just to, oh, it's just so weird, you guys. It's like almost watching a normal family, but there's something cold there. It's like you could already sense the coldness of their relationship. I don't know, it just seemed a little bit empty feeling. And maybe that's just because we know what happens. But yeah, the whole video didn't seem happy, to be honest. And then the comment at the end that he makes, like, see you next year. It's like, shut up, you piece of shite. And a lot of, like, photos, you kind of see him putting his hands by the girl's neck, like, on their shoulders. And a lot of people get creeped out by those photos. And then, of course, like I told you guys earlier, he just was wrapping his hand around the little doggy's neck. Like, this is like a little wiener dog or whatever. Like, he's so tiny. And just picking it up and, like, grabbing it by its neck to move its head around to look at the camera. It's so gross. Like, you grab the puppy's paws and hold it by its, like, tummy and, like, lift it up. You don't grab it by its neck. So... Like I explained earlier what he did with his wife and kids right at the beginning. And we're just going to talk about now more of how they got Chris to confess and la-di-da. So basically, Chris agrees to take a lie detector test, probably because he's a narcissist and he thought he would just be able to lie his way to the truth, like a true lie detector test and be able to walk away. Tammy, the lady giving the
the lie detector test told him at the beginning of it, right now only one of us knows the truth. But when we're done, both of us are going to know the truth. So she just kind of left him with that eerie thought before they started. She was just toying with him a bit because she already knew that he was responsible. So she asks, asks him a series of, series of questions like, do you know where Shanann is? Do you know what happened to the girls? Blah, blah, blah. And he's denying knowing anything. And it all comes up that he was lying big time. So at this point, they're like, we know you're lying. You have to tell us what happened. His dad's in the other room. He just flew cross country to see Chris. And he's waiting for him in another room in the police station. So Chris is denying everything until Tammy's like, okay, look, like, did Shanann do something to the girls? Are you protecting her? And they're like, you know, if it was an accident, we can help you. But it was really when Tammy was suggesting like, you know, maybe Shanann did something. Like, this is just to kind of push him into confessing a little bit. They really just, right now, are trying to get the bodies recovered, and then they're going to worry about getting the truth out of Chris later. They just know that he's such a liar. They're only going to be able to pick at him to get little bits of information at a time. So she gives him this little idea and his little peanut brain just explodes. You can tell he's never thought of this before. He asks to speak to his dad before he reveals any more information to them. So he's like, can I go to another room? They're like, of course not, you fucking dumbass. We have the cameras here. We fucking can talk here. So they send the dad in. And Chris is like, Dad, she was choking Celeste and Bella. I saw it on the baby monitor. And then I just freaked out and killed her and hid the bodies, blah, blah, blah. I didn't know what else to do. Just like a shit show, right? And he's, I don't know if he's really crying, but he's definitely getting more emotional at this point. His dad, you can tell he just like can't believe it, but he's also like, believing his son's series of events like his like he actually thinks Janan killed the girls like he just believes his stupid son and the investigators come back in as soon as Chris's dad mentions a lawyer like you should get a lawyer they pop right back in the room and they're like can you tell us what you told your dad and so they get him to say what Tammy like told him to say basically and after they get the bodies she's like do you actually want to throw Shanann's name through the dirt after all you've done like please don't lie and he's like I'm not lying I'm not lying this is what happened so of course some people believe his story but it's very unlikely that there's two murderers in the family you know and then you kill one, and it's like, if there was that, if that did happen, why didn't he just call for an ambulance? Of course, you'd want to save your kid. You wouldn't just throw them down an oil well. So disgusting. He killed them all, except for the dog. No questions asked. 
even though it did look like he was trying to choke the dog in a Facebook Live video, he spared the dog's life. Thank God, at least he didn't kill the dog. But it's like, seriously, obviously that is such a small beacon of anything because he killed his whole family. It's not like really a beacon of light that he freaking didn't kill the dog. Nobody, some people don't care, but it's like, I love animals and I am glad that he didn't kill the dog too. It was such a little sweet dog. He was so scared. Like he had these girls to play with, a loving mom, you know, Shanann was so cute with the dog, giving him kisses and stuff. And now all of a sudden they're just all gone and he probably saw what happened. Little puppy was so scared. Shanann was talking to people about how to get a divorce and how to keep the kids. You know, she did have a couple conversations through the months leading up to her murder and her daughter's murders. She she definitely was considering leaving Chris at certain points. And she was really excited about the birth of her son coming up. Now, a couple months before Shanann was killed by Chris, he tried to poison her. I think this was to try to get her to have an abortion. He put, um, I don't know if it was Oxycontins. I'm not really sure what he did. I can't remember the exact um, pills he used, but he gave her a drink one night when he was visiting her at one of her, you know, job locations. They took her all over the place for different, like, Thrive meetings. And um, he poisoned her drink, and she got violently sick. She was puking. She was worried about the baby, but the baby was fine, thank God, at that point, right? Like, it's just so tragic. She just goes home early in the morning. He gives her no warning, no signs, just murders her. However, the neighbor Nate did say that he heard some arguments between the couple. Now, none of the friends know this about Chris. Only the neighbors who overheard the arguments really know about this. That Chris would get crazy, he said. He would start yelling and screaming. Apparently, Chris would get loud and kind of scary. So, that was interesting because everybody else was saying how passive he was and how Shanann was always the aggressor. But if you get really loud and yelling in a fight, you know, and the neighbor says he sounds scary, like, you know, he's violent to some degree and he obviously likes to wrap his hands around necks he does it quite often Chris talks now about how good he used to have it and how he would be enjoying great meals with Shanann but it's almost like he's not talking about how he misses his kids it's about how he misses his old life and things like that. Like, no one really feels bad for him, let's be honest. And it's like, please save your whining for 
it's some other dumbass who wants to hear it because none of us want to. I did hear, I don't know if I read a comment or what it was that Chris was going to dress up as Santa Claus in their prison or something. That sounded really weird. But he's like converted to to being a Christian. He's got his dad under the influence and his dad got baptized. I listened to some phone calls between him and his family. And they were just backing Chris up. Now, this was before he pled guilty, these phone calls I was listening to. And the mom was telling him, you know, Chris, don't confess to anything that you didn't do. And he's like, oh, no, because, like, they were still believing that Shanann did it. And it's like, Chris is not the victim. You guys aren't the victim. Shanann, her daughters, her son... Shanann's family members, they're the victims of the situation. Like, they almost think backwards. And they're just the type of family, like, it doesn't matter what you do, da-da-da. You know, it does matter what you do. Like, there's got to be a certain point, especially this guy killed your granddaughters. Nope. Doesn't matter what you do. That, that's bullshit, in my opinion. But, um, like, it's touching in a way how they act, like, so much love for this guy, but it also grosses me out. Like, how could you love this guy? Like, even if he is your son, look what he's done, you know? So he's really just put his family through pain, his friends, everyone he knew, everyone who knew Shanann, and he could have actually, like, just divorced and he would have still been with his girlfriend. But now he's in jail, so what an idiot. The trial was very emotional. Watching Shanann's dad just bawling his eyes out, his head in his hands. Shanann's brother was comforting him, rubbing his shoulders, you know. Shanann's mom gave a very powerful, written testimony, kind of like last words to Chris and stuff, how, you know, tragic the whole situation was, you know, it was very powerful, she didn't cry, even though you can tell it was so hard for her to talk about it, about losing Shanann and everything, and the girls and Nico the spiritual box videos I was watching, it does sound like Shanann is haunting Chris. Like, she doesn't want him to have peace. And, um, yeah, so. But I hope she and the girls and Nico are at peace. God bless their souls. God rest their souls. You know, rest in peace to Shanann, Bella, Celeste, and Nico. You know, it is so sad, and there's so much footage of them. You really feel like you know them, and it makes it so much more real. So, so sad. Um, Thank you all for listening to my first chit-chat crime case, and yeah. I will be posting weekly as long as everything goes my way.
all right take care and um be kind don't hurt anybody else treat people the way you want to be treated if you are in any type of danger get help um if you're being abused in any type of way you might have you might have to tell a couple people before you get help if you don't get help the first time you ask ask somebody else teachers doctors you deserve to be in a safe situation if there's any domestic violence if you know anyone going through domestic abuse offer to help them talk to them get them help if you can you know let's just all be aware love each other love your family talk to your family lots let them know that you can be the person they can talk to if they need someone to talk to and I really appreciate you all listening. Okay, bye for now.